we're continuing our series, The Avenger. We've been uh, looking at one of God's marvels, a guy by the name of Samson. And today, you're going to find out, Samson, he was a real wild child. Now, we're going to, I hope you'll uh, read the read the story and encourage you to read it. It's in Judges 13 through 16, make a part of your uh, devotions uh, through this series. Samson's kind of the biblical bodybuilder, uh, strongest man that ever lived. And this guy, I kind of want to make him a superhero. You know, Samson's uh, accomplishments are legendary, his physical strength off the chart. But he had a weak will that resulted in one wild child. You know, last week uh, we discovered that Samson, he was anointed by God. He was uh, born with that this unbelievable God-given potential in his life. His birth was announced by an angel. The angel told his parents that this was a special child, that he was born to deliver Israel from the Philistine domination, that uh, they'd been controlled for almost 40 years. And Samson was being set apart to serve God. And the angel said that he was to be raised as a Nazarite, uh, which meant that he uh, honored God and he took a vow. And that vow, being a Nazarite vow, had basically three main things. And you might recall, we talked about he couldn't touch anything that was dead. He couldn't touch a, a corpse or get near a grave. Uh, anything that was considered unclean, he was supposed to stay away from. He couldn't touch uh, any anything with grapes, which meant no wine, no vinegar, no liquor, no Coronas, no margaritas, you know, all that stuff. And he was never to cut his hair. And uh, you may be wondering, you know, what kind of hairstyle did he have? Well, I don't know. I know it wasn't a mullet, okay? That part I know. But... Samson let his hair grow wild. He never cut it. Samson took the, these vows, and there wasn't anything magical about these vows, okay? They, they were an outward sign to the world of an inward commitment that he had with God. It's kind of like uh, my wedding ring, okay? It's just a ring, but it's an outward sign of an inward love and commitment that I have for my wife, Cindy. It's like uh, baptism. Baptism, nothing special about the water or the way that you're baptized. It's merely an outward sign to the world of an inward grace. You know, it's faith and love in, in Jesus Christ. It's We're following in obedience. But nothing special about the water. When we left off last week, Samson, he was a young man, and you remember he went down to Timnah. We don't know why he went to Timnah, but what we do know is that he went. And Samson was hanging out in the wrong places, and he was hanging out with the wrong people, people he shouldn't have been hanging out with. And it changed the whole trajectory of his life. Samson, we said, went down. And down is what? Down. If you weren't here last week, I'd encourage you to go to our website, uh, go to iTunes, uh, download the message, and kind of get caught up. But 
Today what we're going to do is find that as Samson took this little trip down to Timnah, it unleashed a really wild child in him. You know, Samson, again, he was anointed by God. God's spirit rested on him. He was to deliver Israel. He was to bring justice to the land. He, He really was the original avenger. He had this incredible strength, God-given potential, but he had a weakness that would mess him up again and again and again. And friends, I have seen people through the years that, that have all this potential in them, and they just squander it. You know, poor decisions, you know, bad choices, stupid choices. And I can't begin to tell you how many times I have watched people that are so strong, and yet they're so weak. And I've watched people that are great leaders, maybe at work, uh, maybe uh, a little bit aggressive at work, but they're really good at what they do. You know, type A personality. They take charge of things at work. They're really skilled, structured, disciplined. They take care of business. But when it comes to their home life, Things are wild. I mean, they're off the chart. And instead of being a leader at home, they're weak, passive. The, the fact is, uh, this is true of a lot of men. They, they're kind of great at work and hands-off at home. You know, don't lead their family, sometimes not, not even present. They're just absent. The kids rule. And, and what gets me is we're real committed in one place. And then we're totally uncommitted in another. You know, I know people that are committed when it comes to their finances or their career or or a hobby. But they can't commit to a relationship. Can't commit to a woman. Can't commit to another guy. You know, it's wild. Can't commit. Can't get married. Man, I'm committed to whatever. And I know people uh, that take and they'll they'll study and they'll they'll research uh, everything. You know, study for weeks, months, sometimes spend their whole life studying on a, on a topic. You know, reading magazines and books and blogs so that they know what TV to buy, know what rod and reel to purchase. But that same person does all that work, they won't spend five minutes in God's Word so that they can build spiritually in their lives. You know, I know guys that, that truly love God, truly love their wives, and yet they've got this weakness in them that destroys them. You know, they're locked in a, in a prison of, of lust. I mean, so much potential. And at the same time, so destructive, one bad decision after another. I've seen it a lot through the years. I've watched people crash and burn all this potential, and they just waste it. You know, Samson, I I think, is going to show us a few things, uh, really three very specific areas. I want to call them attitudes, maybe, but they're weaknesses for him. And the first is lust. You know, lust makes people weak. 
It does. I mean, what's lust? Well, lust is when you desire something and then you slip into a pattern of sin. You know, logic goes out the window. And this one's wild. You know, I want it. I have to have it. I'm going to get it. I want what I want. You ever thought that? I mean, maybe it's a sexual thrill. Maybe it's a hit. Maybe it's a fix. Maybe it's the corner office. Maybe it's some raise. Maybe it's an advancement. Maybe it's a boat. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's a new home. And in your mind, see, lust kicks in and you start going, you know, I I can't afford it, but I want it. I know this might destroy my relationship. I know it's not right, but I want what I want. I know I'll be gone from my family a lot, a lot more. But it's more money. I want more green in my life. And friends, when lust kicks in, whatever form, when it kicks in, we pursue things. We pursue things with this reckless abandonment. In fact, a lot of people just go wild. That's what happened to Samson. Samson Samson gets messed up. Scripture says, Samson went down to Timnah and saw there a young Philistine woman. When he returned, he said to his father and mother, I've seen a Philistine woman in Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife. Get the picture here? Samson. He sees a smoking hot young Philistine woman. And it's lust at first sight. He comes back, tells his parents, he goes, I've seen this beautiful woman. And I want her. Samson leaves his home, leaves his hometown, goes to Zorah, and he leaves his family, he leaves his friends, he leaves everything behind. He travels to Timnah, an ungodly city, a Philistine city, an enemy city. Remember, he was born to deliver Israel from who? The Philistines. And now he's living with the Philistines. Does that make sense? Samson sees this beautiful woman, a woman that's forbidden to him. See, God only wanted Samson in a relationship with a woman that loved God and served God the way he was to serve God. Again, he's supposed to bring Israel back to God. That's his role. Samson is to be a spiritual leader for the country. He was a judge. Samson tosses caution to the wind. And this boy went wild. You know, I don't care what my parents think. I don't care if it's right or not. I don't care what God thinks. I'm my own man. I've got desires. I want what I want. Friends, Samson went crazy. I mean, this strong man, he goes weak. I mean, you may be strong 
But when lust kicks in in your life, whatever form it comes in, what happens is you throw common sense to the wind. You pursue whatever it is that you're pursuing. And friends, I would argue it will make you weak. You know, Samson's wild with lust. And what's interesting, this incredibly strong man, he just becomes weak. I mean, not only did lust mess him up, but a thing called entitlement messed him up, a spirit of entitlement. Uh, it, it made Samson very weak in his life. I mean, not only did Samson want what he wanted, but Samson believed he deserved it. You know, he worked hard, you know. I work hard, I deserve it. You ever say that? You know, I, I sacrifice so much, I deserve it. You know, usually trying to convince ourselves. Samson, he's so contemporary. You know, that, that whole spirit of entitlement. Well, friends, it's a modern-day issue. In fact, I would argue it's destroying our country, destroying the fabric of our, our, our families. I mean, honestly, it's taking us on a ride. Kids coming out of their house and they think they need to be where their parents are now. We got work for it. Well, I want it now. It's just destructive. And I want you to watch how it kind of, uh, that attitude unravels in Samson's life. Now, scripture says, as they approached the vineyard of Timnah, suddenly a young lion came roaring toward him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him and and power so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. Samson shouldn't have been in Timnah, but he was. And apparently a lion uh, attacks him. And Samson kills the lion with his bare hand. I mean, I think if Samson had been alive today, we'd probably seen him uh, featured on uh, Stan Lee's Superhuman. Did you ever watch that show? Pretty good show. Good show. A little crazy sometimes. I think killing a lion with your bare hands is a super ability. I mean, it's amazing. I think that when he did that, I think Samson got a little bit cocky. You know, it's we're told in scripture he's heading to to get married. He's gonna marry the Philistine woman. He passes by where he had killed the lion in the past. Now, we're not sure how much time had passed, but here's what we know. We know that enough time had passed that the lion was a carcass now. And so it's been a while, all right? So he's, he's walking by. Scripture says sometime later, when he went back to marry her, he turned aside to look at the lion carcass. And in it, he saw a swarm of bees and some honey. He scooped out the honey with his hands and ate as he went along. Now, I got two things about that. One, that's just nasty, right? You know, you got this rotten lion carcass. Think about it. And he's eating honey out of it. Nasty's nasty. That's just nasty. You know, it made me think when I, when I was working on message, I remember several years ago, uh, there were a couple kids that used to race into church and they would, they would be way ahead of their parents and they would, you know, like 
grab my leg, they wanted a hug, they'd, they'd tell me something, they'd feed me something. Uh, Nathan, he was a little bitty guy. I can't tell you how many soggy Cheerios that he fed me, but there, there were a lot, there were a lot. Well, one morning, he came racing in, and I felt a tug on my leg, and so I knelt down, and he immediately stuffs a half-eaten butterscotch in my mouth. A few seconds later, his mom comes racing around the corner. And uh, she's like, give me the candy. Where is it? And I go, she goes, he picked it up in the parking lot. Ah! Nasty. Now everybody's going, did he eat it? Did he eat it? Samson is eating honey out of a rotten lion carcass. It was nasty. But here's the thing that's really sad about it, and is the real issue. Samson is not supposed to touch anything that's dead or even be near it. It's part of his Nazarite vow. Samson, I'm just guessing, Scripture doesn't say this, but I'm guessing that Samson figured since he killed the lion, he was entitled to the honey that was in the lion. You know, God gave him the power to rip the lion apart. And now, not only does Samson betray his vow, he betrays God for honey. I mean, who, who would betray God for a handful of honey? Well, people do it all the time. I mean, betray God for stupid things, sinful things. Lust, I want it. Entitlement, I deserve it. And when temptation comes, there's another attitude that I think makes people really weak, and that's a thing called pride. I mean, pride brings a lot of people down in life. Pride says, oh, I can handle it. Samson's vow, three things he's not supposed to do. Not supposed to cut his hair. Not supposed to touch anything dead. Well, he's done that. Not supposed to drink anything with grapes or alcohol. Well, Samson, the strong man, he thinks he can handle it. Scripture says, now his father went down to see the woman, and there Samson held a feast, as was the custom for young men. Feast. Think party time, all right? Samson buys a keg, has a big party. And these last for days. He, he thinks he can handle it. See, Samson, Samson's a wild one here. You know, pride ends up taking him on the wild side. And I would argue it happens in our lives too. So, so much potential Samson had. You know, I'm strong. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. I want a drink. I, I deserve a night to cut loose. This isn't a big deal. I can handle it. Oh, I've heard a lot of people say that. And before long, it's handling you. I want that new car. 
I want that new house. I want that toy. I can handle the payments. And before long, you're drowning in a sea of debt. You know, I want to play. I deserve a little diversion in life. It's just one night. And friends, the next thing you know, you're spiraling down, down, down. I'm strong. I want it. I deserve it. I can handle it. Friends, these are the things that take our hero on the wild side, takes him for a wild ride. Ultimately, it's the thing that takes our hero down. You know, we're going to see Samson, the, the strong man, born to deliver Israel, anointed by God with this superhuman strength. And Samson's life's just going to spin out. You know, he goes wild for a while. We're going to find out that he ends up in chains. His eyes get gorged out. He's going to be mocked by his enemies. In fact, Samson's going to become a laughingstock. See, he went wild. Lust, entitlement, pride. They're all things that took him down. And down is down. But friends, these attitudes will take you down too. Some of you are real literal about things, so you're sitting there going, okay, Damon, so are you saying I'm going to get my eyes gorged out? You know. No. I'm telling you, it could be a lot worse. I mean, if you fast forward five years, ten years, 15, 20, 25, whatever, you may be looking back going, you know, I, I can't believe that I threw my marriage away. I mean, it was mostly me. It was mostly me. You know, I, I thought, I thought it would be the easy way. It wasn't easy. I was wrong. What was I thinking? I thought my job was so important. I didn't have time for my wife or my kids. Now my kids are a mess. And I, th- I thought we needed more stuff. Now I have all this stuff. And there's no one to share it with. I mean, my, my kids are grown. They, they don't even come around anymore. It was my private life. It was my business. And now everybody knows it's so humiliating. Friends, it's how sin works. Down is down. Don't kid yourself. But it doesn't have to go that way. It does not have to go down. As a Christian... There is a spiritual greatness in every one of you. You know, God's power is in you. No matter what you're into, you can be transformed. No matter what you face, you can be strong in your life. But you can't do it on your own, and you can't do it on your own strength. You know, the Apostle Paul, 
He was running low on strength. He was weary. He was broken down. And God revealed the truth to him. A truth that some of you need to hear today. God answered him and says, My grace is all you need, for my power is greatest when you are... What? That's weak. Okay? Try it again. When you are... Weak. All right. A little better. Still kind of weak, but... Here's the deal. Satan, our, our, our spiritual enemy, loves to make strong people weak. God loves to make the weak strong. You know, God is with you. God is for you. You know, you find strength when you, when you go to God and say, you know what, I'm weak. I'm vulnerable. I, I need your presence, God. I need your strength in my life. God specializes in making the weak strong. Satan wants to take you down. Satan wants to shame you. In fact, he will be thrilled if you end up wasting your God-given potential. And don't kid yourself, it doesn't have to be something bad. If he can just get you to waste it, he'll be quite happy. He wants you to adopt the attitudes that make strong people weak, like I want, I deserve, I can handle this, I know other people can't, but I can. And here's a really, really wild idea. How about adopting three different attitudes that make weak people strong? Instead of saying I want, I want it, how about I want God? How about I want God. I need God in my life. You know, I want God's strength in my life. I want His daily power in my life. I want God's presence in my life. I want God's Word guiding every step that I take. I want His Holy Spirit living inside of me, prompting me and convicting me. I want God. That might be a better way to live. Every once in a while, somebody will catch me and... Uh, They'll, they'll say something to this extent. They'll go, well, you know, religion, you know, God, it's for the weak. And if you've ever said that around me, you know, because I usually say the same thing. I'll go, absolutely. And they go, no, 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 you don't understand what I'm trying to say. And I'll always say, no, 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 you don't understand. I am weak. I need God. I need God's strength. You know, they're trying to drive a point. I'm trying to drive it back. See, friends, we're all weak. We need God. And how about instead of, I deserve it, and that's an attitude that makes you weak, how about instead you started living and saying, you know what, I deserve nothing. In fact, Scripture says the wages of sin is death. That's what we deserve. That's what you deserve. That's what I deserve. Now, I hear people say once in a while, they'll say, God owes me. God owes me. And they're angry. Friends, God does not owe you anything. God does not owe me anything. And if you don't figure that out, life will continue to be very complexing. 
life will never make much sense. In fact, I would argue if you don't figure that out, you will be frustrated most of the time and you'll always feel like you're getting shorted on things. You'll never learn to be thankful for what you've got. You will live life in a very weakened state. But when you realize that you're dead in your sins, when you realize that you really don't deserve anything, but that you need Jesus Christ to save you from that death, when you realize that's what you deserve, is the penalty for your sins. When you figure that out, not only will you find salvation, but get this, you find strength. You find strength when you realize you do need God. And when you realize you do need God, you want God. And you realize that really what you deserve is death. You establish a relationship with Jesus Christ and it changes everything. It changes how you think. You know, how about instead of I can handle it, how about I can't handle this without God? See, because of your relationship now, you start evaluating things differently. You start looking at the situation or the circumstances and you think differently about it. The weak become strong when they realize, you know what, I can't handle this. I can't handle this without God. With God, with God in your life, game changer. Friends, I'll be honest, without God, I am capable of all kinds of things. A lot of ungodly things. A lot of wild things. Without God, I, I am weak. I figured that out about myself. Not strong. If you want strength, if you want to be strong, you got to admit you're weak. I mean, some of you are locked in a very lonely, lonely prison. You know, some of you need to be weak enough, humble enough, to just ask for help. I mean, some of you need to be weak enough to just confess your sins. You know, some of you need to be weak enough that you just go to a brother or sister that you know loves you and cares about you and say, you know what, I need help. I need your prayers. I need you to hold me accountable in my life. I need that. You know, some of you need to be weak enough to just admit you're not going to make it on your own. To acknowledge that you are heading into some deep waters that you cannot handle alone. You know, you just need to say, God, I need you. I need you to strengthen me. I need you in my life. Satan. He wants to take the strong and make them weak. I want you to realize there is a spiritual strength within you. God can strengthen you no matter where you are today. No matter what you've done, no matter what you're facing, no matter how overwhelming the circumstances may seem, when, when you admit you're weak, when you surrender yourself fully to God, you'll be surprised what God can do in your life. You know, when, 
when you have that courage in the midst of a storm, because you know God's by you. I mean, you can be a person of integrity. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what the challenges or the temptations, because God's with you. You know, you, you can be um, the man that God created you to be. You can be the woman God created you to be. You can stand strong when you face temptation. But simple question this morning. Where do you need strength in your life? Because you find strength when you admit that you're weak. When you fully surrender yourself to God. When you do that, God says, I'll make you strong. Some of you need that this morning. I challenge you, whatever area you're needing strength, quit trying to do it on your own. And just give it to God. Give it to God. Let, let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, You promise that when we're weak, we admit that. Reach out to you that you'll make us strong. God, I'll be honest with you, it's so counterintuitive. But God, I know it's true. You've done it so many times in my life and others that I have seen. God, I marvel at that. I'm amazed. God, I know there are some here this morning. Well, they've been trying to be so strong. God, I pray just put a little crack in their heart. They'd realize they need you. They need your strength. Their face, whatever it is their face, they go through whatever they're going through. God, forgive us the times that uh, we've let lust or pride get in the way. God, that we think we deserve something we don't. God, I pray that we would live in a way that honors you, brings glory to you. God, we thank you for your words. We thank you for the story of Samson. God, I pray that you'd help us find strength. It's in Christ's holy name we pray.